This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, Summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. It's the simple things that are oh so marvelous. With rich, creamy, non-dairy Planet Oat oat milk. Like coffee. The first cup mixed with a little Planet Oat. That's pretty marvelous. Or Planet Oat in a bowl of cereal. Sharing a laugh on Saturday morning. (laughs) But don't forget about Mom's Planet Oat mac and cheese. It's so ooey-gooey. Yep, there's so many moments that are more marvelous with Planet Oat. Rich, creamy, non-dairy oat milk. Oh, what a planet. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and this is our View of the Opposition episode. In this episode, I'm going to be talking once again to Simon Cox, who's a Brighton and Hove Albion supporter. He's on to give the opposition view for this upcoming match. This is our preview of Fulham versus Brighton and Hove Albion. All right. Well, without further ado, let me bring on my guest to the show. He was on with us earlier in the season for the first time these teams played, and actually in the post-match show, Simon, welcome back to Cottage Talk. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me back, Russell. I'm looking forward to chatting because a lot has happened since we last spoke. A lot has gone on there, my friend. Let's start here. Let's just talk about Brighton and Hove Albion season altogether. Just give me your overall synopsis of what's been going on. Um, it's a really good question. What we've done is we've taken it to the next step. Last season, for us, was about staying in the division, making right. sure we established ourselves in the Premiership. Whereas this season, I can see in the way we're playing football, there's a little bit more adventure, a little bit more confidence. And to put it simply, I no longer think of us as a bottom six team. 
I now look on myself and, and, and my team as a middle-eight team. I'm sure you know what I mean by that. But yes, I do. You seem to have stepped up, stepped up that gear that takes away the fear factor. You, you, you kind of got one eye behind you, but you've also got one eye above you as well now. Yes. Totally understand that, Simon. What's interesting, I was going to ask you this, so maybe this is a good time to talk to you about this because you're talking about how you have improved since last season where you're mid-level team, you know, a mid-table team, whereas last season it was about survival. Fulham are in a desperate situation right now. So I want your view of Brighton Hove Valley season last season and how you survived it. Maybe we can learn something from that. Uh-huh. It's a very good question. We, we, we survived it, I think, because of certain quality players. We had Pascal Gross delivering some unbelievable uh, set pieces last season. This season, that emphasis isn't only on him. There's other people delivering from set pieces, but he was a cut above. Obviously, our goalkeeper, Matthew Rahm, was important to us. He is, yeah. he is world-class. He's an international keeper. And the former Glenn Murray keeps scoring goals. Uh, those things probably were the keys. Plus, the big thing that everyone talks about, our central defensive pairing, which, which you know, was able to able to dig us out of a few holes last season. But this season, all of those people that were working hard to work hard are right. now starting to be given the chance to play a bit of football as well. So whilst we've had a few games where we've made mistakes this season, we've also had games where our football looks premiership class now rather than survivalist. Okay, excellent. That's a very interesting uh, situation with Brighton Hove Albion that you've been able to mature as a club in the Premier League and now kick on. That's obviously what Fulham want to do. They want to survive. It's looking not good right now, but if they can survive, maybe then they can do what Brighton has done. I've used Brighton Hove Albion as an example for the past two to three seasons. Your time in the championship to the time in the Premier League, Simon, I, I've used you as the example that Fulham should be looking at. If if Brighton Hove Albion can do it, Fulham can do it. I think you've given us a little bit of a blueprint. Now the question is, can Fulham follow that blueprint and stay in the Premier League? That's going to be the trick here because right now it is not looking good, but there's still plenty of matches to go. We'll just see how this all shakes out. All right, Simon, let's move on. Let's talk about the first time our teams play. Like I mentioned, we did the post-match show. It was a very interesting match. It's funny because I look back at it now. We just did a show, and that turned out to be a negative turning point for Fulham because they were coming off of this Burnley match, you know, and I thought they were going to kick on from this point, and they didn't. And the next match was against Brighton Hove Albion, and it just did not kick on from that point on, and a lot of that has to do with what your side did. Let's look back at that match. What did you learn about your team and also about Fulham? Uh, well, the uh, goodness, you know, it's hard to actually pick out matches that far. But, I mean, it was two all, wasn't it? And I think you were two nil up, yes. if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Murray got the penalty later on. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm on the same page now. You know, I mean, the, the, every every day is a bit topsy turvy down at the Amex, but no one gets an easy ride. When we go behind, you know, that's that down there. We will, we will usually find a way back into the game. The crowd gets behind and everything like that. But the trouble, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but that day, the moment you got two up, right, you did what we do too. But then you thought, right, we've got to protect this now, rather than keep playing the football that got you two up. And the moment you go back into your cell and you start dropping deeper, the moment the home team then thinks, oh, but hang on, we're in this, you know? And yeah. I, I always think, if you go 2-0 up away from home, go and get a third, because right. no one's coming back from that. 
But anyway, that's just me. I'm a fan. I mean, that's how an old-fashioned fan thinks. Nowadays, sure. they'll probably talk about technical stats and laws of averages and goal difference and things like that. But for me, I say go and get a third away from them. Yeah. It's funny because looking back at it, I was thinking about this match, and uh, that 2-0 is a dangerous lead because, like you said, if you get the third, you put the match away. And what ended up happening was Fulham made a few mistakes and uh, Glenn Murray showed up and that happens a lot, you know, and uh, that's credit to Brighton Hove Albion because they took advantage of their opportunities and got the draw. But it was a negative turning point for Fulham because I thought that was, this was their point to push on and it never turned out that way. And then things went down from there. So it's just very interesting to look back at that Brighton Hove Albion match. Cause I thought even coming out of it on a two, two draw, I thought we were headed in the right direction but we really weren't. It was actually a false sense of uh, accomplishment because, again, we didn't push on from that, and uh, it really has turned from that point on. That's that's what I look at as a major turning point for Fulham season. It was early on. All right, Simon, let's talk about a couple of players that uh, Fulham fans know a great deal of. Dan Byrne and David Butt, both playing now with Brighton Hove Albion. Let's talk about both both of these players and your thoughts on them. Well, let, let me start with um, let me start with Davy Button because I've seen him a lot more. I've only seen Dan Byrne play live in the flesh once, but Davy Button, he came into a big pair of boots, you know. And not only did he come in for Matt Ryan because Matt Ryan's over as you probably know in the Asian Cup of Nations, yeah. although he's back now, they're out yeah, now man. the Aussies. But 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 he's been over there. David Button has had to go to um, had to go to Liverpool, Man United. Do you know what I mean? I play a home match against Liverpool away to Man United, so he's had some massive games. And I tell you what. The guy has done nothing wrong, yeah? He was clearly nervous in his first game, but he made a couple of good saves. Yeah, he's solid. His kicking is arguably better than Matt Ryan's. The only thing I'd say is the major difference between them is Matt Ryan scares attackers. Do you know? Yes. When he comes to the ball, you can see, I can't necessarily hear from where I sit, but when he says that ball's mine and he's coming through the defenders, then anyone in the way is going to get a clump. Whereas Button's just a little bit more nervous when the ball is in the air in the box. If I had to pick out an area he could improve, it would be that. But otherwise, I've been pleased with him. He had a thankless task, and he'd done it very, very well. Uh, I should imagine Ryan will come straight back in, but it's a long flight jet lag. Who knows? It might be too tricky to expect Button to go out against Fulham and have his head absolutely right, though. So I don't know. I don't know. That's the manager's choice, and I never, ever have doubts that Newton makes the right decision. But as for Dan Byrne, I saw him. Um, just in the FA Cup match on Saturday, I loved him. I loved him. I never realised he was quite so tall. I'm a tall fellow myself, six two nearly, but he dwarfs me. And um, oh, he's he huge. Is, uh, he's, he is huge, and he's got a presence. And they've got a player you probably know him, Hal Robson Tarnu. You may have yes. come across him on your travels. Yeah, Absolutely. A bit, of a, a bit, a bit of a moaner, complainer, you know, jivey jivey type player. Well, at one point, he had a nice bit of Hal Robson Tarnu's midbreak and was saying some words to him. And after that, Hal Robson kind of disappeared off the pitch. So he's obviously got the steel and the grip as well as the ability. So I'm looking forward. I tell you what, if, if Dunkey or Darby ever pick up a knock, I will put Dan Byrne ahead of Balogun, who's been our third wow. centre-half, based on what I saw. And that's only one game, but I like, sure. you know, because I'm an old-fashioned football fan, I like players <laughs> that look like they're up for a bit of a row, you know? But yeah. not in a not in a not in a bad way, but they're not sure. going to let attackers get the better of them. Clever attackers like Murray, I bet he gives Murray a hard time in training. Very interesting. I just want to say this about Dan Byrne, Simon, and uh, 
If you don't already know this, you will learn this quickly. He's a class act. He is a complete class act. Very good guy. He was a foam favorite. But I really? want to say this about Dan Byrne is that I don't think he had really matured as a player when he was at Fulham. I think uh, he needed to go someplace else, went to Wigan. Now he's come to you. And hopefully now he's become the player that maybe Fulham supporters thought that he would become. So that's good for you because, again, I watched a little bit of it. He looks a little bit different, so I want to give him credit. And like I mentioned, he's a great guy, and I wish him all the best at Brighton Hove Albion. On David Button, I think this might be a better situation for him than at Fulham because Savisa wanted him to play the ball out from the back. We we obviously have Ranieri now. Maybe he would fit better under Ranieri. But under Savisa, he seemed to struggle with, uh, again, just that part of the game and was nervous on many occasions when uh, when clubs would pressure him. So now that he's probably not asked to do that, he's probably fits in very good in your side. So let's see how both of these um, players that used to play with, for Fulham play with you. But like I said, going back to Byrne, I just can say it. And, and David Button, too, they, these are good guys. So best of luck well, to look, both of them with Brighton and Hove Albion. Thing is, any, right. any player that comes that cl- comes to Brighton, I, I, he has a clean sheet as far as I'm concerned. Now, it's interesting because you say about Dan Byrne, he's skinny. I can see that he's yes. probably since you, there's a bit of bulk on him now. Just a little bit, but he does look a bean. He was very skinny with form. Yeah, well, he's got a bit more about him, but he's got a bit of steel in him. And I think playing alongside Duncan Duffy, he learned a bit of that because that Duffy is yep. one hard player, I tell you. So he, yep. he may well have learned. And the thing about Button is really fascinating what you say. Because one thing that I've noticed, and until you said it, it hasn't really registered, is that with Ryan, he does a lot of one-twos with the centre-halves and the full-backs. But that happens far less with Button because Button's long-kicking is better. Right. He's, not, he's, not, he's not being asked to play the tippy-tappy game. He is allowed to kick long more often. Yeah, so he's, not good, he's not good in that type of manner, honestly. No, and I think our manager has spotted that because it's only when you said it then it's really registered with me. Okay, very good there. All right, Simon. Uh, I'm now going to share as we get into talking about Brighton Hove Albion a little bit more. Here's some comments from Claudio Ranieri from his presser today. I find them interesting, and I think that'll go well with us previewing this match and see if they basically back up uh, what you know about Brighton Hove Albion. This is what Claudio Ranieri said earlier today, first talking about the match. Quote, it's crucial for us. Brighton is a very good team, very close, very direct. They counterattack very fast. They're very dangerous from set plays, but we have to win. We have to win, and we have to make the maximum effort to win the match. They're playing very well, very simple. They go straight away. They're one of the last teams in possession, and that means they want to counterattack. They close all the space very well. They try to break the lines and win free kicks and corners, unquote. Okay, so those are some comments from... Claudio Ranieri. Does that describe Brighton Hove Albion to you, what he said in his presser today? Um, yeah. I mean, it's insightful. I mean, you could learn all of that just by watching a couple of episodes of Match of the Day. And my worry there, because I don't <laughs> know about the whole interview, is that what's he doing spending so much time talking or even worrying about us? I would want my manager far more focused on what my team are doing, rather than telling the fans what they can expect from the opposition. So, I mean, I'm not a fan of Ranieri, which puts us okay. at odds because you have to, you know, you're contractually, contractually obliged to support your manager. Um, 
but it's high and I'm not a fan of any of it. It's, it's that kind of whopping that it's rotting as near coming out of Chris Hewton's mouth. Chris Hewton can say five words that mean yep. 30 sentences, you know? And I think yep. that's what we love about Hewton is he doesn't waffle like that. I mean, it's all true, but, but you know that anyway, yeah? Okay. Well, I wasn't going to ask you about Ranieri, but no, no, no. I wasn't going to ask you about it, but since you brought this up, I, I want to know, is it about his mannerisms, the way he talks after matches, talks to the press, or what else is it about Ranieri that you don't like? I'm curious your thoughts on this. Okay, I'll be completely honest with you. You see, as a Brighton fan, we're spoilt by, by Hewton. We're okay. spoilt by somebody that is so well-respected in the game that comes across brilliant on telly, but I can tell you now, we'll throw your teeth up in the dressing room. But he manages to get the balances right. I always find with Hewton, I'm hanging off his every word, and I wish he spoke more. I always find with Ranieri, I think, well, that's a load of rubbish. I wish he'd speak less. <laughs> so maybe that could sum it up. Well, what's very interesting, what you just said, is that we were just talking about on the last episode of Cottage Talk about how he has been talking about his players, and I wish that he wouldn't talk out about his players. So I think I understand a little bit of what you're saying. He does talk a lot, and I would rather he talk less. That's a very good criticism, because I'm there with you, Simon. I understand what you're talking about when it comes to him see, talking I, out. I look, I look on you as a friend, and I love Fulham as a club, but I've got yep. to be subjective, you know? And it's, it's sometimes hard when you support a club so passionately as we do with Fulham yep. Brighton. To, to, to sort of, you know, your, your rose-tinted specs, if you like, cause yep. you to accept everything that happens. But but the clubs are run like businesses now, so you have every right to criticise the hierarchy. I think. Sure, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, listen, that's why I, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because we just happened to talk a little bit about Ranieri last night, and there were some positives, but there were some negatives, and some of the negatives were some of the things that he says in his pressers or just talking to the press. And you brought that up as well. So I understand where you're going on that. All right, my friend, let's move on. Let's talk about key players for you in this match. This is a huge match. As you heard from the quotes from Claudio Ranieri, this is extremely important to phone. They are going to do everything that they can to get all three points. But from your perspective, who are the key players for Brighton Hove Albion to get you the three points? Brilliant question. Well, I could lie now, couldn't I? Um, no, it's it, the thing is, it, it, the thing is always our defence, yeah. And that is, that I, I don't expect you to come at us. Most home teams do early doors. I'd expect pulling the football they play to come at us, and it's riding those early waves. But once we've ridden those early waves, and once stuff is done, have got control of what's happening at the back, then suddenly it gives a chance for the solid marches, the knockout if he plays, the cage has been playing much better later, the creative players to, to get at you on the break. And we can get a bit of a head of steam up on the break. Obviously, the problem with Brighton is like so many clubs. If we do get a lead, then I'd like to hope we go on and try and get another goal. But the danger to us, and always to you too, if you go up 1-0 up against us, or even 2-0 up, if you then sit back and think, oh, crikey, now we're getting nervous, we want to hang on to this. I always yeah. think that's when you're vulnerable. So so for both of us, the situation's the same. The pressure isn't on us in the way it is on you. No, it's definitely but not. It, it's, it's the same on every team that wants to be an established premiership side. And that is that once you've done, once, you, once you've got over your staying up thing, you then have to learn to win ugly as well. Uh, and part of staying up is winning ugly. So tomorrow, uh, you know, if it's if it's four three to the LB, I'll be happy. But it's more likely to be one one nil or one all draw, something like that. Realistically, um, for either team to win it, they've got to believe that scoring goals is going to win it, rather than trying to settle for the one. I think. Okay, excellent there. 
Simon, that's very good analysis because it's funny. When Ranieri is obsessed with clean sheets, and uh, one of the things we've been talking about on Cottage Talk is obviously the defense has been shambles, but not enough attention has been to scoring goals because Fulham need to score more goals. They have not scored enough goals. It can't just be about Alexander Mitrovic to win matches. You have to have both sides of the game. Right now, Fulham are struggling to do both, and that's it's not just the defense. All right, my friend, let's now talk about strengths and weaknesses of Brighton Hove Albion ahead of this match. And what I'd like to do is I go to whoscored.com, and I'm just going to read you what they have to say about your club, see if they match up. doesn't always okay. match up. That's what, that's what makes this interesting because they don't always get it right. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. Now, this is what they say of strengths. They have one strength listed. Coming back from losing positions and style of play, play with width, attacking down the right, long balls, playing in their own half, and aggressive. So let's just start with style of play and the one strength that they list here. Does that match up with what you know about your club? No, absolute nonsense, quite <laughs> frankly. I mean, coming, coming, from, coming from behind has been a problem. In, in fact, uh, coming from behind, I think we won our first away match coming from behind for, 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 for years, not months. Uh, and even down at the Amex, Depends what you, for me, <laughs> coming from behind, yeah. if you come behind to win. If you come from behind, like against Fulham and, and, and draw to all, yep. yeah, it's, it's what I call a good draw, but it's not a win. So sure. I don't see that as coming from behind. If you, if you get a draw when you've been losing at home, I consider that the bare minimum at home. So what that suggests is what, what we have is a strength and the desire not to be beaten specifically at home. But going 1-0 down is not benchmark for us to suddenly go on the attack and win a game. Sure. Not at all. Okay, very good. All right, this is what it was. So what was the at... next one? Sorry. So... That's okay. Style of play? It was style of play? Did, did it match up the same play with width, attacking down the right, long balls, playing in their own half, and being aggressive? Yeah, well, I mean, that's every team does that. Again, it's one of these generic loads of nonsense, isn't it? We do all of those things, but none no. of them are our style of play. Our two okay. wingers switch sides. What yep. we don't do is play four four two. obviously. Right. I mean, very few teams do. But our style of play, of course, we hold the ball at the back. Every premiership does, team does if they can. Um, down the right, nonsense. We've been stronger down the left. Our last, the, the goals that Lucadia scored, he's, he's, he's three of those, two of those, and one of his assists were from the left. So that's not the day. I, yep. I don't know. I, that's why I don't look at stats. Stats, stats and damn lies or something. I forget the quote, but you see what you see with your eyes. And if you've been around long enough, you know what you're seeing. You don't need to uh, check the numbers. I understand that, Simon. <laughs> that's, why, that, that's why I'm actually fascinated with your answers here, because I do this often. I, I go to whoscored.com, and your eyes are, are the number one test. I say that all the time. I'm not a stats guy, but I do use some of what – stats say just as a backdrop to see if they match up that's why i'm asking this to you let's talk about weaknesses let's see if they match up here this is what they say is weak keeping possession of the ball avoiding offside defending against through ball attacks they list as weak very weak they say defending against skillful players avoiding fouling in dangerous areas now like you mentioned earlier when we're talking about some of the other things that they mentioned they are generic a lot of these are generic do any of these match up with weaknesses that you know of your club? Yeah, absolutely. The one that really sticks out is that central through ball. The thing is, when Duncan Duffy, the last two defenders, it's very hard to get past them. But if for some reason they pushed up and the two fullbacks 
are taking on the role of, of, of the middle. If something could go straight down the middle and get in behind Duncan Duffy, neither our fullbacks has done uh, covered themselves in glory when that's happened this season. It's happened two or three times. So I think, you know, a, a ball down the neck of either of the big two is not going to cause any problems. But if they can be bypassed with the ball, then yes. Other than that, they're all generic comments. We do give the weight ball away too easily. But if yeah. I can take you back to my comment about we're trying to establish ourselves in the mid-table, so we're moving the ball quicker. So if you play a lot more first-time passes, a lot more passes will go astray. Is again, that's a stats and numbers thing. So you've got to look at the overall picture to see that. So our football's better and quicker and more tippy-tappy, but we still make mistakes because we're now just learning that. Having done, done the staying up, we're now learning to sort of compete. Okay, very good there. Simon, uh, something else I want to mention before we get into talking a little bit about form. I noticed this today in the Argus that Bong is going to be returning. You've already mentioned Matt Ryan. How important are those two players going to be back available for this fall match? Well, I think Ryan's massive. I think it would have been tricky for Button to go to Fulham and, and keep keep goal. Uh, there would be some people I would hope that, that would that would give the guys some support, but you'd only have to make one mistake, and if you did it in front of your end, then um, yeah. then your life would be hell. Whereas Matt Ryan. He's, there's no one that doesn't respect Matt Ryan out there. And um, and as such, you've got to put your best player in, haven't you, I think? So I'm in favour of that. I don't think Bong will return okay. on the left left side. I'm not sure he'll come straight straight in. He's something cute and has a little fiddle around with the, with the left-back position. But um, it was quite interesting the other night, the way it worked out. But if he does come in, Bong's, Bong's a, player, he's a good player, but he's a better attacking fullback than he is a defending fullback. Um, he can be prone to the odd error. But let's hope not tomorrow. Okay, excellent. All right. All right, so I'm going to ask you now about Fulham, your thoughts on them. I, I want to mention this to you. I, I don't know how much you've watched Fulham since they've changed from Jokanovic to Ranieri. So I'm just going to just fill you in a little bit from my eyes to you, and then you, you can share your thoughts of, about Fulham. Fulham are now a counterattacking team. This is what they're doing now. And they play right now three at the back, three center backs, and they're going to try to press you. They're going to try to make you have these mistakes you were just mentioning. You don't want to see these mistakes. They're going to try to cause some mistakes, but they really want to press you now. That's what I'm expecting them to do. They've started to get better and better at doing that and make you have these errors. And, uh, you know, again, there's going to be more long balls from Fulham. You know, they're going to be kicking it long. They're not going to be playing the possession style that they did under Jokanovic. So that might be a little bit of difference from, say, a Brighton Hove Albion fan that watched the match earlier in the season to now. Fulham play completely differently. Think of Ranieri not, I, I guess you could say, totally when he was at Leicester City. It is different because we don't have someone like a Jamie Vardy. We don't, we don't have that person that can do that. But he does want to keep clean sheets. It's defense first. That's the way he's looking at it but he will press teams because they've been doing that more and more lately. So with all that said, your thoughts on Fulham headed in, into this match? Because Fulham are in dire straits, as I mentioned. They are seven points away from safety. This is huge for them. Your thoughts on Fulham? Uh, well, first of all, as I've said many times, Joe, I do love Fulham. It was my, my first away trip. My son's the first away trip, and I look yep. forward to it. So I don't want Fulham to go down, but nor do I, I want them to get any points off the Albion. <laughs> Of course. So after tomorrow, you can go on a cracking run. All right? No problem. <laughs> Having said that, I, I don't know, because I don't 
outside of the Albion, and because my I've, I've got a business, I work work for myself. Um, sure. Outside of the Albion, I don't watch the Premiership in the way when I was younger. I would do the league ladders and you know forensically yeah. study. All I know about Fulham from an outside perspective, and I don't know which part in their development it happened, is the night I watched Mitrovic and the fellow Tamara arguing over that penalty. I was when I looked at myself and thought Fulham were in trouble when I saw that happening over that one single penalty incident. And I don't know what has happened since. But that, that looked like a club where not everybody is, is, is singing to the manager's team. They're not all working in the same direction. For that to happen on the park during a game yep. was the very epitome of a team going down. Now, having said that, because I love Fulham, the other, the other thing is, I hope that is sorted, and I hope that would never happen again. But I also, going back to the point you made about attacking on the break, Brighton yep. had two key elements last season. They had Murray, who not only could hold the ball up when we did go long, but he was very clever at winning fouls. And then we had Gross to deliver so many assists from the free, the, the free kicks. Now, if you took those cleverly won free kicks out of the equation last season, we would probably be struggling like yourself. Yep. So it's not just having okay. the ability to break fast. It's having the players that can then keep the play up the other end when you do break. Right. I totally agree with you. And right now it's uh, disjointed. The one thing that I will say is that uh, recently Fulham's uh, ability on free kicks has improved a great deal, and that could be a weapon moving forward. So uh, we shall have to see. And – just players in general that concern you, would it be Alexander Mitrovic, anyone else concern you? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Mitrovic is the one everybody's talking about. I don't know a lot of the other players. The one player that continues to surprise me, again, we talked about him before, I would have expected Sessignon to be yeah. starting every game, and yeah, he still he has to He's a bit like our knockout, yeah? Love yes. him or hate him. Some matches he'll, he'll have the right stuff and he'll really get under your skin, but another match will be magic and he'll have three defenders knocking him over and then you'll score from the free kick that results and then he'll be dancing and loving his day. And You know, I think you need those players that can do something a little bit different. I, I don't know yeah. enough of the Fulham names and that there is probably the problem. Mitrovic is the only person I consider a danger. And the other thing is, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you who your two centre-halves are. And for you to build a strong defence, you have to have some some real quality there. I presume you've got it, but we'll see tomorrow. No, we don't have it, honestly, and that's a, a big problem, Simon, that I'll just mention to you right now. Like I said, right now we are playing with uh, three centre-backs, and the three centre-backs oh, yeah. are Dennis Adoy from the championship. We have championship players here. This is the problem. You're going to have Tim Ream in there. And Maxime Lamarchand is decent, but he, he's coming from uh, from Ligon. Uh But, again, just not Premier League quality at this point starting. So that's been also part of our problem is that we don't have those uh, center backs that can really, um, you know, lead from behind. We, we just don't have that. So that's been a weakness as well. Anyways, let's move on. Let's now get to talking about predictions for this match. Let's start here before I get your overall prediction. Through your eyes, okay. what does Brighton Hove Albion need to do to win the match? Uh, I think we need to attack you. I don't think there's any point in trying to sit back because, for, for me, no disrespect, but you are there at the moment for the taking. Yep. I think if we can get a couple of early goals, get your crowd in a disgruntled mood, it should be easy. Okay. Now let's flip it to the other way. How do Fulham win this match? They have to, have to believe that if they don't win this match, 
then they're going to have to accept relegation, aren't they? I mean, this is such a pivotal game now. The timing of it, it and obviously the fact it, it, it's at home, it's against it's against a team that you aspire to be in the position of. Correct. Now, I don't, you know, from your fans' point of view, they probably would like to see you win four 0 right? But what you need to do is you need to get ugly because Duncan, Duncan Duffy are good at getting ugly. And if somebody can get a bit ugly with them, get one of them, because you can see they're both liable to send you off when somebody does take them on. So I don't want to give you any hints what to do, but if somebody's prepared to get involved with those two, that's <laughs> your best chance. Because once they get on top of your strikers, then you're not yep. going to be scoring many goals. I promise okay. you. Okay, well then, it sounds like Alexander Mitrovic is going to be key in, in this matchup, <laughs> based, based <laughs> on what you just such said. such a predictable thing. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yes, yeah. because... Uh, in our last match, that was a, a great battle with with him and the uh, center back for Tottenham Hotspur. It was actually fascinating to watch. He really got in it with him, with uh, Sanchez. And uh, I have a funny feeling he's going to do it again. So that's a, I guess you could say, a game within a game. We'll be watching uh, how Duncan Duffy handle Alexander Mitrovic. All right. Simon, it, it will, it will, because I'll tell you what, yeah, if I may just ahead. say, and now to Rich at West Ham. West Ham came back from 2-0 down against us in the same way that you did, uh, that we did against you. And yep. the key was an out of it. He bullied Duncan Dovey, and there's no other player that's ever done that, not the pair of them. And uh, he dragged West Ham back into that game on his own. So there's, okay. there's your key, there's but your it key. can also go horribly <laughs> wrong. It can go horribly wrong. <laughs> we shall see how it turns out. It's there going to be is. interesting to watch. I'm going to be f- focused on... Duncan Duffy versus um, Mitro. That that's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, that's um, where the fireworks will come from. Yep, absolutely. All right, time for your prediction. Then I'll give mine. What's your prediction for this match? Uh, I, I'm going to say one nil to the Albion. I'm afraid. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, listen, you have um, taken your. You know, again, talking about Brian Hove Albion. From last season to this season, you progressed, and now, like you said, you are getting to the point where you're comfortable. And that's where you want to be. And that's where obviously Fulham want to be. And right now they are far from it. They're just trying to fight to survive. And this match means a great deal for Fulham, like you said, Simon. So I'm actually going to go for a two-to-one Fulham victory. I think you're going to score. But I think we're going to score a couple times. And I think Mitrovic is just going to give your two very good center backs a tough time. I think he's going to bully them. So I'm going two to one to Fulham, and I'm going to go for a brace for Alexander Mitrovic. I think he's going to have a huge match. I think he's going to put it on his shoulders. So we shall see. All right, Simon, before we go, just want to thank you again for joining me today. It's, it's, an, it's, an, absolute, it's an absolute pleasure talking to you, Russell. I love Fulham. I do as a, as a club. I, I mean, whatever happens tomorrow, and I hope at the end of the season we're still both premiership clubs. I hope I so, too. I've many more conversations with you over the years. Yeah, listen, uh, it's been a, a joy talking to you. This is the second time I've talked to you. And I look at Brighton Hove Albion, and like I said, I keep using them as the example. I have nothing against Brighton Hove Albion. I want them to do well in the Premier League, obviously. I want my own club, so it would be great if we both are still in the Premier League. And uh, I don't know, I'll throw out teams like uh, Cardiff City and uh, Newcastle United, and I'll throw in Burnley there that, that they're gone. Okay, but but we shall yeah, see. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful come. that. And make sure Leeds go straight back down as well. We don't want those in our division. <laughs> oh, and I'll throw in Huddersfield Town. So, so listen, there are, there are any, choices. Anywhere too far north. Above Watford. Anywhere above Watford. 
<laughs> okay, my friend, great show. But let's wrap this up. For my guest, Simon Cox, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. The share it with a friend deal, even if that friend is yourself. Your McDonald's, your rules. Live your best morning with BOGO breakfast sandwiches only on the McDonald's app. Now buy one bacon, egg, and cheese McGriddles or sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and get a second one free. Valid for item of equal or lesser value. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one per day. Excludes one, two, three dollar menu. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.